We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and you're stuck with me for the next couple hours. And it's a car show. And what a car show means is, is you call me up and you tell me year, make, model, Tell me what kind of problems you have. Tell me the symptoms. Tell me, uh, I don't care what Uncle Henry in New York City thinks it is. I want to talk symptoms. What's it doing? Is it not start? Does it not crank? Does it not catch? Is there a vibration? Uh, You have a check engine light and you got the code. We can discuss all the possibilities of what that could be as well. 602-508-0960. Years and years ago, when I started in radio, and this goes back to 1988, um, I was talking about car repair shops. And my mother called one day, and she said, you know, you should talk about your friends and not you. And I said, okay, tell me what you're thinking. And she just says, it doesn't do you any good to talk about yourself for an hour on the radio. She says, you need to talk about your industry. You need to talk about your friends. She says, don't you have any friends in the car repair business? I said, I do. That's how the best car repair shops got started. If you want to go there, MarkSalem.com, click on the best. Now, this list of people I've known for years and years and years, some of them for longer than 20 years. These are the best shops located geographically around town. They're really good. They know what they're doing. They Together, they might generate one nice complaint a year. One. Had one the other day about a pricing issue. And the shop took care of it right then. No problem. So, it, it, and, and there was a, a pricing issue that involved less than $10. But it was quick. We just took care of it. So, these guys are really the best of the best. And you can go there and look. And here's my promise to you. If you use one of my shops and something happens bad... I want you to file a nice complaint at the Better Business Bureau. Don't call them any names. The Better Business Bureau will likely come up with a finding, and they may or may not send it to the Auto Advisory Committee, which is a bunch of guys that look over automobile complaints. It's a committee I formed years and years and years ago. So they'll look it over, and they've got transmission guys and paint and body guys and mechanical guys and performance guys and air conditioning guys. they got a, a well-rounded group. If the Better Business Bureau sends it to the... Auto Advisory Committee, and the Auto Advisory Committee tells the shop to make a refund or repair the car, and my shop doesn't, then I will fix your car or I will make the refund up to $5,000. It's written. It's written on our website. How many times have I had to do that? Zero. Never happened. 
never, ever happened. Everything has always been until I hear from the customer, are you okay? You satisfied? Yes, I am. Perfect. We're done. So that's kind of how it works. But the best car repair shops is a nifty list. I'll tell you about one of them real quick. Action Autos at I-17 in Deer Valley. Full-service, family-owned auto repair shop that served the Deer Valley in the North Phoenix area since 1983. I've known Tom since 19, early 80s. I met Tom when he worked for a company that sold. Remember when you put your car on the scope? Well, those scopes used to cost like $30,000 back in the 70s. Well, Tom was a, a salesman for one of those companies, and because he had an automotive background, he could make that machine dance. He look, he made that machine look like there was a bunch of Albert Einsteins inside of it, but it had to do with symptom analysis and repair. So Tom's a good guy. I've known him a long time. He has ASE certified technicians, and they're going to help you understand what they're doing and why so that you can make informed decisions. And a lot of times it's you don't have to deal with this now. You can deal with it six months from now or up to six months from now. So that's Action Auto, I-17 in Deer Valley. If you live in that area, then that's a good place to go. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. I had a call or I had a nice email from a lady, and that was the complaint. It had to do with a uh, shop supply. And, and what happened in this complaint was that the person that the lady brought to the attention that my bill is like $10 more than you said it would be, and he goes, oh, well, that's shop supplies, and she says, can you describe that? And he says, well, that, that helps pay for our equipment. That isn't, that isn't necessarily the truth. And so she got pretty upset about that, and rightfully so. I think my mom would have too. So the idea is is that she paid it, and she wrote me a letter, and I explained shop supplies, and I'm going to explain those to you as well. But at the time, she said thank you, and then later she said thank you very much for the explanation. It makes perfect sense. Shop supplies are those things that we can't bill independently of one another, and I'll tell you how we do it, and I'll tell you that everybody else follows the same thing. We can't charge you for all the spray materials we use on your car. The glues, the carburetor spray, the brake spray, WD-40, penetrating oil. We can't charge you for the acetylene and oxygen necessary to remove one of your ball joints. We can't charge you for our hand towels and the stuff that we use in and around your car, the door stickers. We can't we can't look at all of this stuff. The weights on a tire, I'm going to think of these as I do them, the weights on your tire balance, we can't do that. It, it just can't happen. Our computer systems would be overcome with those kinds of little... So most of us, and the uniforms and the fender covers, and I'm thinking these as we go along, all of that stuff's wrapped into a number, a monthly number. Then you divide it by the customers. And it's divided by parts and labor. For instance, certain shop supplies are pretty much um, on the parts side. So shop supplies are going to be, in my situation, shop supplies are charged against your part. For instance, I might charge you one, per, and I don't know what the number is, frankly, folks, because Andy, my daughter, handles that. But if if all of our supplies were 1%, then we would add 1% to your total parts bill. Now, environmental charges is is two-pronged. We have it assessed against your labor and your parts because environmental costs are huge. It can cost us two or three thousand dollars to pump our sand water separator, and that has to do with the byproducts of your car. The environmental stuff also has to do with 
all the stuff that we deal with, like, for instance, the solvent tanks that have to be EPA-approved and stuff like that, we don't charge you to put your part in the solvent tank and clean it all up, but there's an environmental charge. We have to take your tires and throw those. We don't throw them away anymore. We have to send send them to a recycler or have somebody pick them up and, and recycle them. Batteries. We have to pay for the disposal of batteries. So that's what it's all about. Now, most of us, it's about 10% of your whole bill. Now, we already know that sales tax is 10%. So we know that all we have to do in our estimates is take our sales tax and tell the, and add that on to the ticket. So most of us do that. So, And I'll tell you something else. A lot of the best car repair shops, we've come to the conclusion that we're going to give you an estimate number that's 10% higher than it should be. <laughs> we don't want to call you back for a set of windshield wipers. We don't want to do that. We want to be able to say to you, your bill is $120. Oh, oh, what didn't you do? Nothing. Well, you you bid it for like 130 I know. We just wanted to have a little bit of fluff, but it's only 120 so that's what you're going to pay. Oh, well, that's a nice thing. Most people, they they recognize that. They go, wow, I, I didn't have to, I don't have to, whatever. I don't, cost me I say $10. Most of us overbid our estimates just for that little minutia that we might want to do. So if we're actually doing your brakes and one wheel or um, one wheel seal is leaking grease, we're not going to call you back and ask you for another 12 bucks for the seal. We're just going to do it knowing we can cover it with our estimate. So most of us do that kind of stuff, but it's not as easy. Now, I'll tell you I'll tell you a secret. You can't tell anybody else. The average shop owner gets to keep between 9 and 11, maybe 12% of every dollar. 9 cents to 12 cents of every dollar. Then he has to pay, him or her, has to pay your their um, personal income tax on that. So that's going to be 25 to 40%. So it's not like people perceive that we're making 50% gross profit. So if your bill's $100, I make 50. <laughs> That's not true. I have to pay the technicians, the parts department. <laughs> I have to pay to keep the lights on. Uh, I have a lot of expenses. So if I get to keep a dime, a dollar, then I'm going to pay 30, uh, th- a third of that. Or go, go the other way around. I make a dollar. 30% goes to taxes and and 10% is my profit. So it's just, it's just a whole lot of uh, stupid numbers but I don't know anybody, and we oftentimes share our profit and loss statements. I've never seen anybody that's been north of 12% on the dollar. So we got a caller. Who might that be, Gil? That would be Chris. Chris, good morning. How can I help you? I, you probably get this question a lot, but I have a, a 2012 Camry and a 2006 Highlander. They're both four-cylinder engines. Um, do you have a suggestion of how often I should be changing the oil? And then the next question is, is, do you have a preference versus Mobile One or Valvoline? Uh, I know you probably get that a lot. Well, um, I can answer both those questions really easy. There are three different uh, oils. We have a conventional, a semi-synthetic, or also called a blend, and then we also have um, uh, full synthetic. Okay, each one of them has a different interval. A conventional oil is three to five thousand. Okay, that's that's pretty. So if you drive 15,000 miles a year, you're probably going to do what? Five? Five oil changes. A blended oil goes from 7,500 to 
I don't know. Oh, it goes from five to seventy five hundred. I missed that gap. So with a blended oil, you can go to seventy five hundred miles, which is two oil changes a year if you drive fifteen thousand miles. A synthetic will go ten to twelve thousand miles a year. So you can go one oil change a year. So it has to do with what you want and the quality of your oil. As far as name brand is concerned, there's only four companies that pull oil out of the ground in the United States and make motor oil. All of those oils you have, with the exception of the obvious ones, like Vaveline, like Chevron, um, they, they actually make everybody else's. So I can assure you that General Motors oil, and I can assure you that Motorcraft oil, and I can assure you by Chrysler oil, was made by somebody who makes everybody else's oil. So with respect to what oil you should use, use anything you want. Buy the cheapest name brand oil you can find, and you'll be just fine. What do I sell? I sell Chevron. I sell Chevron for two reasons. It's perceived, and it is, the top quality oil. Plus, I like their product support. So if we have a car and we have a problem that's oil-related, they're going to work with me, and, and I can use their labs to determine if the oil had water in it or had gasoline in it or what failed, why did it fail, that kind of stuff. So I've got somebody standing behind me. Doesn't They don't stand in front of me. They're not going to buy a motor if I screw it up. But um, I like the idea that we're a team. So um, I've sold Vaveline for, I've been in business 40 years. I sold Vaveline for 25 years. But the local retailer or the local wholesaler changed hands so many times towards the end that I no longer had a relationship. But some of the guys that were in that group went to Chevron, and I went with them. So that answers your question. Okay? Is, 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 that, is that the same for oil filters, that they're made by the same? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wix and Champ make just about every oil filter out there. They just paint the different logos on the cans. That's it. That's it. So, so for, for my Camry, I use synthetic oil. You're saying I should only change it every 10,000, and you're no. comfortable with that if it was your car? Absolutely. Oh, all my cars are in synthetic. We got 32 cars in our fleet, including our rental cars and my family cars, our company cars. We, everything has synthetic in it. We're running a 520 or a 530. So, so one more question, if you don't mind. So okay. my 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 uh, my Sienna has 140,000 miles, and when I purchased it, the guy only used um, uh, conventional. Is, is it wise to put synthetic oil, or is something going to happen with the seals and begin to leak after that? First of all, your engine doesn't know what oil you can put in it. You can put camel PP in there, and it's not going to know the difference. So there's sure. nothing about this idea that you have to continue with Castrol. That's not true. Secondly, it's an oil consumption issue. You don't want to drink oil at 5 6 $7 a quart. So that goes to conventional. So if it's not using any oil, pick an interval, and that picks the oil. If it's using so oil, I'm not, I'm not going to be prone to leaks because of the viscosity change of field. You're talking 1970s, buddy. <laughs> you're talking 19. We, I've, I've been in this business since 1979, and that's what we heard about Mobile One when it first came out. Oh my God, it's so thin, it's going to leak all over. Your motor's going to go bad. None of that's the truth then, and none of it's the truth today. Got to run, but thank you, thank you very much, Chris. Those are great questions, and I don't mind covering them. We'll be back in just a minute. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. 
We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. Don't sweat through another summer with inefficient windows and doors. With Pella Windows and Doors from DreamStyle, your home will be more comfortable and beautiful, and they'll help you save money on your energy bills. Save $229 per window and $629 per patio door. And pay nothing for 12 months with our special financing. DreamStyle Remodeling featuring Pella. Visit DreamStyleWindows.com to schedule your free consultation. That's DreamStyleWindows.com. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up. Giving up on what? The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it. I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Maybe it's time to take a fresh look at everything we thought we knew about landing a great job. For instance, what if phenomenal careers start at the middle school science fair instead of at the job fair? If being the captain of the robotics team means just as much on a college application as being captain of the football team. And if knowing the quadratic formula is every bit as important as knowing the right people. Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy. Well, welcome. Well, welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark Salem, and I'm your host, and we're here talking about cars. If you'd like to join us, you can, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And Mike Draskovic from Mike's Automotive Auto Tech is here. He's from 67th Avenue in Northern. Um, he, somebody just let you come here, didn't they? Did they give you a GPS to make it here? Oh, right. Yep, good, good, good. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, 602-508-0960. Automotive Dynamics is Sun City's largest and most trusted source for complete automotive services. It's a second-generation family, second family, and they've been around a very long time. 
So they don't pay their mechanics or their staff a commission or a percentage of your repair bill. Therefore, they can ensure that you don't sell unnecessary parts or repairs. So not everybody agrees with that philosophy, but it works well for them. And a lot of us are looking at them saying, hmm, I wonder what that's going to be like. So those are the issues. But Autodynamics is on the north side of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue. Michael, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Good for you, good for you. Uh, Michael got tied up in traffic. He was supposed to be here with me. Right. But uh, it's okay. It's okay that uh, he's not here with us, and now he is. Yes. Let's go to the phones, okay? Okay. All righty. Galen, good morning. How can I help you? Good morning. Uh, I do have an old question. Uh, I had a debate with my daughter-in-law. She read an article in Popper Mechanics and said, if you're coming up to a light and you put the vehicle in neutral at coast, that you actually will burn more gas with the engine on idle because new computers will literally shut all the fuel off as you come up to the light in drive. You want to run up, run that by? Well, that's a good question, uh, but there are the newer cars are shutting off automatically when you pull up to the light and sit there. But that's a car that that's supposed to. Right. Um, the car that's still idling through the light. Galen, are we talking about the car that's idling through the light? I mean, idling while it's there, or the engine shuts off? No, no. I'm talking about a regular traditional gas-operated okay. vehicle, like the old style that was carbureted. Okay. And understandably, if you are going down the highway and you put the, the transmission neutral, it's going to burn less gas at idle versus under um, Well, uh, let me think kind of out loud here. So we're coasting along, and it depends on how many miles per hour we lose, but we're going to have to dump the throttle sooner or later to get back up to wherever we were at. Um, let me change your question. Mike, okay. do, do you do that? I don't. Does, do you know anybody else who does that? Can't think of anybody. Have you ever? Is that something that sounds like it would be beneficial, or would it just wear out your transmission? It's probably like, a bad idea. <laughs> I don't see a benefit in it. I, I, I think the the possibility is is you'll come up to a traffic light or whatever, and you'll be in neutral, and you will not remember the light will turn green. You hit the gas, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. I, I also think on the freeway you're going to vary your throttle, so it's kind of like horses. You know, if you're going to back off the throttle on the horses, they're going to slow down. But sooner or later, you got to whip them back up to get going again. So I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see that there's any science associated with that, unless you're going downhill. <laughs> and if you're going right, down, right. if you're going downhill, then you don't have to put it neutral. Just take your foot off the off the gas, and right. coast downhill as long and as far as you want. But today's cars are going to look for fuel delivery based on the temperature of the engine, the temperature of the atmosphere, where your foot's at, how deep your foot's in the throttle, how how many big people you have in the car, how many set of golf clubs, and how many kegs of beer you got in the trunk. So it has right. it looks at that big picture, and this is everything since 1981. So it there's a there's a lot going on. But now, which side was your daughter at? She was insistent that throwing it in a neutral. No, she was the one that. Uh uh, that it should be in gear. So okay. And, all right. So there was someone else in this argument, not you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I've driven vehicles way back when when it was all carburetion. Yeah. And so yeah, I in fact I had some semi trucks that uh, in neutral you could you could see that you know the mile per hour you know, mile per gallon gauge would show that. You've got a lot more mileage if you were in neutral versus uh, 
doing that way. So. Yeah, but okay. All right, I want I want to address that. Th- those mile per, mile per gallon gauges were typically Michael runoff vacuum. Probably, yeah. And and that's 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 taking uh, and and you're assemb- you're you're sitting sitting there thinking, well, once the gauge goes to the green, then I'm saving gas. It's right. true, but we're talking droplets, right? And so we're seeing an instant change based on the throttle, but it doesn't compute to anything substantial. I mean, the gas you might save by throwing it in neutral is about as much gas as when you blow your nose and your nose is running. We're not talking big big gas here. So, right. But anyway, I'm not going to get in an argument between you and your daughter. Um, does your daughter live here in town? Uh, she does right now. Okay, well, I'm siding with her anyway. I'm scared of her, not you. <laughs> All right, okay, again. Cool. Appreciate it. <laughs> All righty. You bet. Larry, good morning. How can I help you? Thanks, Mark, for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a voltage gauge question. Um, I've got a uh, kind of a hot rod, and it's got a 350 Chevy small block in it. Okay. And it's been running fine. And all of a sudden now my voltage gauge is going all the way past 16. It's bottoming it out on the gauge. I took a multimeter to the alternator uh, at idle. And the, the uh, alternator is running at 14.7. And I was wondering, should I be looking for something else? Or is it just a bad gauge? Well, you got to check it at the battery. At the battery? Yeah, okay, yeah. If, um, if a 13.4 to 14.8 is exactly the range you should be in. Right, Michael? No, I agree. Uh, gauges aren't always accurate. You always have to validate the gauge, even on, on a factory gauge. If, yeah. I assume you have an aftermarket gauge that you're reading? Yes. Aftermarket gauge, yeah, right? You know what I do is is I pull the gauge out of the back and take a pair of tweezers and just bend the needle. <laughs> <laughs> bend it back up. But really, if if in fact you had a sixteen, you'd be smelling battery acid, and okay. your headlights would go from dim to really really bright when you took off at night. So if you checked it at the battery and you're between thirteen four and fourteen eight, you got it. You got a gauge Very problem. Good. That's all there is. Okay. That's the gauge problem. Yeah. Thanks a lot. You betcha. Six zero two. 508-0960, you have an, we have open lines. We have five lines. At the beginning of the next hour, Michael, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. Okay. And um, and there's a moral to this story. <laughs> and, and and you're going to laugh, but you're going to be right alongside me here. I'm sure. So 602-508-0960, we have five lines open. Give us a call. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasseric paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. So you sit down and do your budget, and you look at all your monthly costs and your bills and your income, and it seems like there's never quite enough. You know what would really help, finding $500 a month to help balance things out. That is the typical savings, $500 a month for a family when you switch to MediShare for your health care. 
And when it comes to healthcare sharing ministries, MediShare is really the gold standard. It's been around for 25 years and has more than 400,000 members. It's been around so long and grown so much because it works. And whether you're single or married or have kids, this could make sitting down to do a monthly budget a lot more fun. $500 a month can more than cover a car payment or payback loans, whatever. So join MediShare and go out to dinner to celebrate. Here's the number to call. They are incredibly kind and helpful to talk to. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. Every child deserves to have access to books because children who grow up with books invariably do better in life than children who do not. How do I choose a book? Is it the cover? Uh, yeah, some, I guess, you know, it's sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual, so it's a combination of those two. The first book I remember was Captain's Courageous. When I finished that book, I had become so involved with these characters. So here's the thing. If a book's really, really impressing me and the writing is really, really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the ends, the endings of books, if it's really, really well done, that ending, that last thought should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress and the Ad Council. All righty. 33 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, Mark Salem and Mike Draskovic from Mike's Auto Tech, 67th Avenue in Northern. He's sitting here next to me. You've got good guys, bad guys between the two of us, but I can't tell you who the good guy and the bad guy is. But I can tell you that both of us dance on both sides of that line. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Let me tell you about um, Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing in Mesa. Since 1970, they've been around providing really great care to their customers. It's the only shop in Mesa that I put my name next to. Oh, there's probably some other good shops that maybe haven't applied. But Thompson's, I believe, is at the top of the list. They're on the north or south side of Main Street, just east of Stapley. Brian and Thelma own and operate Thompson's. They do a good job for you. They have ASC certified technicians, and they've been around a long time. Both of them, their families go back to maybe the late 60s or early 70s in the gasoline and car repair business. So these two kids probably pick cigarette butts off off the parking lot. I almost bet it. All right, we got a bank full of calls. We're going to go to Henry first. Henry, how can I help you? Well, good morning, long time no talk to you, Mr. Salem. Yes, sir. I got a question. You got it. So I'm trading I'm trading a 2006 BMW K1200 GT, which is a sport touring motorcycle. I'm trading it for a 2005 Mini Cooper S uh, convertible out in California. Okay. What is your opinion of the six-speed, 1.6-liter supercharged BM? Um, sorry, Mini Cooper. Well, they're they're pretty fast. When you put a blower on them, you know you're you're not sucking air into the motor. It's kind of like you got your weed eater stuck in somebody's mouth, and you've got the throttle <laughs> wide open. So, I mean, and then if it's got a six-speed in it, that transfers a whole lot more power to the to the tires than an automatic does. So, um, I you know I I don't know what the value of the trade is and out, but um, I think and it's not going to have the performance of your motorcycle, but but it is a fun car. Um, it's like the little Mazda Miatas, but I don't think they had a blower on them. You got any comments about yeah. that? Oh, the little minis are fun cars. Okay, once so, you figure out how to. Right. 
work everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're like I, any I, other I, car. Yeah. I, I already have the name for it. It's going to be called Skirt for Mini Skirt. Oh, well, that's I'm hoping hoping everybody will try to get a look under the hood. Well, and that that's a good idea. Is I think your wife needs to sign off on that. Well, she's already down with that. Second question, real quick. Okay. I had a question about burning rubber. When I see people's tire marks from burning rubber, why am I seeing the tread? It seems like if the tires are spinning, I wouldn't get a clear look at the tread pattern. Well, it depends on if they're going sideways or not. If it's sideways, then it's all black. But if they're spinning the tires, you're going to see the sipes or the grooves in the tire. So, But uh, i got I got to move on, though, Henry. Bob, you're up next. Bob, how can I help you? Yeah, Mark, I have a 08 Mustang Ford GT with a 4.6. I'm sorry? I have a uh, Ford Mustang GT. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 2000, uh, 2008. Yes, sir. And uh, once in a while, the transmission uh, goes out of gear. It's, it, it's, it's like it goes into neutral. Would that be a sensor? Well, well wait a minute. Is it an automatic, I'm assuming? Yeah. yeah okay. It's automatic. And does it go into neutral when you make a left turn or a right turn, or you stop or you start? No, uh-uh, no. Okay. Only when I'm going like 30, 40 miles an hour, uh, it'll, it'll go out of gear. Mike? And then, hit- and then it'll, it'll come back into gear eventually. Okay. No. We're not transmission experts, but we have somebody nearby that is, and we had a, a longtime customer come in yesterday with the same thing, 05 Mustang, Yeah. and I sent it over to our tranny gurus and turned out it was uh losing second and fourth gear and it was uh-huh. an internal band problem with the band strut yeah I, I think if it's not fluid and i ask you the key questions about fluid if it's not fluid then um i i'm i'm guessing it's going to be something on the inside and i'm mm-hmm. guessing that it's pro- how many miles are on it Hundred forty thousand. Okay, well, it's been around the world six times, so if it decides yeah. to give up the ghost, then... But shop around, but it sounds like you've lost something inside, and having somebody who's been around a long time to rebuild it would be the best option for you, okay? I got one more, one more question. Sure. Once in, a, once in a while, my check engine light comes on, and it stays on for like four or five starts, and then it goes away for ten days. Okay. Well, that's an intermittent problem, and without the code, we wouldn't know what city the problem lies. So the code tells us the state, the city, the street, and the street number. And so the the code, but it's an intermittent problem, so it's coming and going because the light otherwise would stay on. But it's a Ford. What did you expect? I know you're a (laughs) I'm just teasing you. Uh, My wife drives a Ford. my gonna, dad worked for my dad worked for Ford, and uh, yeah, once in a while a car would stall or something. He'd say, "What do you expect, Bob? It's a Ford." <laughs> yeah. Well, you hang around the top of the hour because at the beginning of the hour, I have a couple of Ford stories, and they're going to be they're going to knock your socks off. But you know what? Like I said, my wife drives a Ford, so it is what it is, and it's not anything that's going to that's going to stop the world. This Ford and Chevy thing's been going on since the nineteen fifties. So it's nothing that I'm adding fuel to the fire, and it's nothing I care about. Nevertheless, thank you very much. David, you're up next. How can I help you? Hey, well, back to the Mini Cooper. And by the way, I have a lot of Fords, and um, I like Ford a lot. It's good. good. But uh, I also own seven Saab, so I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> thank hey, you. Um, I, I got a Cooper uh, S, uh, same year model, no seven. Uh, it leaks like crazy, and I've been changing all the components the wonderful little plastic pieces connected to the engine that that were the source and i thought i had a main leak you know the rear main was leaking 
but I'm not so still not so sure because it's so hard to tell. But um, when I stop at a light, sometimes when the engine's warm, it, 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 the, the little the low pressure light comes on, and uh, it goes away. You, you know, usually pretty quick. Is that more of an indicator that my pump need, has problems, or just the viscosity of the oil, or what would you say? I think a, the wise thing to do would be have somebody take it to a shop you trust and have them hook up an oil pressure test gauge. Oh, I've got and one. I'm from Texas. I know no, well, well just that, hook it up. Good. That'll answer your question. Yeah. Just take the sending unit out, put your gauge in there, tape it to the windshield, and go drive go. it. Yeah, that would. Uh, well, it, yeah. Well, it only happens in idle, so I guess I really wouldn't even have to drive it to see what it is in idle. It's a, it's you know it's up to you. you. The question really is you you can't answer the question until you do this test. But the question is 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 the is the gauge getting bad information from the sender? Another yeah. thing you could do is just put a new sender in it. Well, so I, oh okay yeah just I mean how much is it is, is it a gauge or a light? Oh, it's just a gauge. There's, okay. I mean, excuse me, just a light. I wish there was a gauge. All right. Well, I mean, how much can that sender be? If it's a, it's twenty, if, thirty bucks. Yeah, at, at, you know, at the I'm saying between twenty five and fifty, depending on where he buys it. So uh, a gauge or a test? This, the, no, the sending unit. Oh, the sending. The unit. sending unit. Yeah. I'm gonna figure out where it is. Okay. As far as the leaks are concerned, you need to go after the PCV valve system first, and we have the t- new technology that's been here for about fifteen years, where we put dye in the oil. And then all we do is take a, a light that shows up the dye as lemon or orange or pink or whatever, and we just trace the dye to the place where it's leaking. So if it's a rear main, that's fine, but it can also be the back of the head, and it can also be the back of the valve cover. And I can't tell you how many times people bring it in with the you know the engine all apart, and they say, oh, I needed to replace the rear main seal, and then it turns out it's not well, even the rear right, main well, seal. Well, here, answer this question. It looks like it's coming from the starter. You know what I mean? Well, it doesn't make any difference. It's coming from above the starter. Yeah, I know it's above it. Well, yeah. but I, it's very difficult to see. I know it's easy. I can power wash it and clean everything, but I, I can't know. really see up into the engine if I did put dye in it. I know. You don't have a hoist, and you don't have gray hair, and oh, yeah. um, and you don't have a mirror, and you don't know where to look. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> there's... The hoist. I guess yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I know. you got but the gray it, hair. You know what? You're right, though. It's a very fun car. I have a... I drive an exploder normally, which, by the way, I need to change. I need to know about the transmission fluid thing. You know, I got an O five, O seven, or whatever this is, Explorer, and you can't check it. You know, and uh, so I did the brilliant thing one day of going to go ahead and check it myself, and I wasn't sure if I put as much in as I as I lost or lost more than I put in, and it, that I don't know if in the, the transmission fluid, of course, looked perfectly fine, and I don't know when it was changed last. But um, oh, I just feel kind of ridiculous going okay. into it. All right. Well, it, it, this is this is just the stereotypical cowboy that um, I've been around my whole life, and and let's deal with the problems later. Then, and the answer is you could have gone on the internet and found out how to change or how to check that fluid. You could have found out how to change it. You could have found out how to put it in and out of the right fluid. What you got right now is a mess. If you don't have any shift problems, who cares? But if you want to fix it, then you're going to have to do a drain and refill. And I didn't know that they put uh, sealed transmissions in an 0508. They do. Okay. I found right. that out the other so day. So that's what you're going to have to do. It's a process, but it's a measuring in and a measuring out. And there may or may not be a time where you have to flush through the cooler as well. And there may or may not be a another screw or bolt that you can pull out and you fill it till it comes out of this other area. i got to go, but Deborah, stay right there because you'll be first. We'll be right back.
It's late. You're driving home and you encounter this. It's a frightening thought, but all the more reason to drive aware, especially at night. If you're driving at night, drive defensively and be aware of what's ahead of you. If you see a wrong way driver, slow down, safely steer away, get off the roadway, and call 911. And if you see a wrong way driver sign, take the next freeway exit. Drive aware. Get there. This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. There is simply no better way to keep up with the fast-moving events happening in the Middle East that greatly affect the rest of the world. I have an interesting and informative guest on the show every Sunday. Please listen and spread the word about this very important show. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. And what do people normally wear? Clothes. Exactly. So now Mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Clothes keep us warm, they look good, and if we go out without them, the neighbors will talk. So it's important to know how to get dressed. Here's how it's done. Underwear always comes first, name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. If you're wearing a tie, it goes over, round, round, through, and pull tight. Tuck your shirt into your pants and zip up your flap. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. I love bunnies. Good to know. Now remember, spots don't go with stripes, socks don't go with sandals, and if you've tucked in your shirt, wear a belt. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Well, welcome back, everybody. 45 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Mike Draskovic from Mike's Auto Tech, 67th Avenue and Northern, is flying wingman for me today. We have three, four open lines. Deborah, we're going to get to you about two seconds. 602-508-0960, four open lines, 602-508-0960. And Deborah, thank you very much for holding as long as you did. How can I help you? Well, thank you, the M&Ms of the morning. Yes, that's Pardon. a good, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a question. I'm looking for a one-ton diesel to pull a big horse trailer. And I I understand that the Duramax with the Allison is like the epitome of what I'm looking for. If I can't get the Allison training with the Duramax, um, I have a 91 um, Dodge Ram. Could I put an Allison into that? No, because that's no. a great engine. No, yeah, no, and 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 let me chime in here. I I like the Allison. Um, I think it by far is the best transmission in the one ton you can buy. But the new Dodge is is has been out for a couple of years, and it has exhibited perfect maintenance and perfect performance. On the Ford side, I would say that on on a one to ten scale, the Allison's a ten. The Dodge is a nine, and the Ford's a seven or eight. You with me? I'm with you. Okay. On that. Now, um, as far as the engine's concerned, the Duramax is a six point six liter V eight. It's got cylinders, and I'm just teasing you on this, about the size of lemons, because <laughs> they're stretching six point six over a V eight. The Dodge is a six point seven, and it's a six cylinder, 
and then the Ford has their 6.7 that's also a six-cylinder. I drive the uh, 6.7 Dodge. I haul horses. Mine's a one-ton, and I converted from Chevrolet to Dodge because my son has a Dodge, and, and um, when we were out in the pasture drag racing, he could always beat my Chevy, and that made me mad. So um, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so to answer your question, um, I, I don't think you should be w- with tunnel vision here. I think you should drive uh, the Allison and drive the, the uh, Duramax and the Allison. Look at the interior comforts. And then I think you should drive the Dodge. Both of them are going to have DEF in them, diesel exhaust fluid. And I think mm-hmm. you should drive both of them and see which one fits. Now you're going to want a backup camera. You're yeah. going to want, you're, you may want air ride. The new Dodge has air ride. So um, if you, if so, you hook up your horse trailer, you don't have to do nothing. As the tongue drops down the horse trailer and the rear bumper goes down two inches, it comes right back up two inches. Oh, and, awesome. and it has a camera for the gooseneck hitch. So if you're going to hook up your trailer on a gooseneck, you can back right into it. And if it's got a bumper pull, you've got a camera back there too. So oh, it, oh. it's pretty fancy. Say that again. It kind of sounds like you're trying to sell me on a Dodge. You know, I don't care what you buy. I'm just telling you the truth. Um, I have I have customers with Chevy Fords and Dodges, and they all love their cars, except the Fords. They have the 6-liter and the 6.4. Everybody knows those were terrible motors. The 6.7 on the Ford side has been a great motor so far, and I expect it will continue. I think that the Ford interior, that King's Ranch interior, was second to nothing until Dodge came out with the Longhorn interior, which is a mirror image of the King's Ranch. <laughs> and the King's Ranch is for you and I. It has saddlebags on the back of the driver's seat and the passenger seat. It's all leather. Yeah. It's fancy dancy. And you sure as hell isn't going to let nobody get into that truck with his pair of spurs on. <laughs> so. This is good news. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate your insight on this. I'll tell you too something else. We just bought, we just shopped a Dodge van for our, our shuttle service. And mm-hmm. I challenged my daughter to buy the van at Sticker. Sticker. Nothing else. No sales tax, no license plates, no get ready, no freight, no desert protection package, no Teflon on the seats, no rubberized tires, none of that crap. Whatever the sticker says, that's what you write your check for. And she did it. She did it. And we didn't buy a year-old van either. We bought a new one. Now, I'm going to just say to you, no one's paying me to say this, but I think if you're going to buy a Dodge, you should talk to Tempe Dodge. That's all I'm saying. Because that's where we got that deal. So that's all I'm telling you. I think you should stop. And and I, you're if you're a cowgirl, you have an extra heart in you, but you also bite. And so this is the time you draw the middle and you look at the sticker and you find something you like and say, "How about if I just write my check for this much money?" (laughs) (laughs) And see what happens. Wow. Okay. I like I like it a lot. All righty. Well, well, good luck to you, Deborah. Very much. I appreciate this. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. You've seen all those ads on the on the ticket. The truck is forty thousand. By yeah. the time you get out of there, you're at fifty two. Yeah. yeah. And now, sales tax and license is a bone is is a given, right? Yep. But when at the big picture, the desert protection package, what's that called? 
Snake oil. Well, uh, I call it mop and glow. Mop and glow. It's kind of like you take a floor and you're mopping and glowing the truck. <laughs> right. Okay. Then what's the freight? Isn't it already in the MSRP? Usually uh, on the sticker itself. It's already there. Yeah. Okay. And what about the get ready? Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. That can be, and then the dock fee. The one, the one that uh, wads my panties up the most is the dock fee. Yeah. We're going to have some young lady, not to diminish her skills. Yeah. She's going to type in our name, address, and phone number on contract, and she's yeah. going to push this button and put the vehicle on there. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Now they'll sell the truck cheap if they can get all the rest of those yeah. profit centers yeah. taken care of. So it's up to you to decide what you want to do. Who we got next? We have Jerry. Jerry, good morning. How can I help you? Good morning, Ed. Um, I've always wanted a 57 Series four-door wagon. Okay. And my question is, do we try and find something that's got fuel injection, or do we stick with the old-school cars? Michael. He's looking for a 57 Chevy? Yep, 57. It's 57. It's not 57. 57. Okay. Well, uh, now that's that's a broad question. Now, you want something with fuel injection. A lot of these cars have been... Uh, restorated, which right. they modernize them. They put they put all the amenities of a new car under them, including electric fuel windows, injection. air conditioning, fuel injection. And we're doing a lot of that kind of stuff at our shop these days. Yeah. And um, now the '57 real fuel injection was mechanical, and it was very cumbersome. And it's a uh, it's something really cool at, at the time it was leading edge technology and now it's like a dinosaur hard to get parts for you can't get parts for it so if you're, i was thinking more of the modern type of okay. yeah now they have these retro kits that that you take the carburetor off and you you upfit the car with fuel injection all in one box right it's an amazing program i was just showing mark one that, that we did at our shop on my phone and uh, we've done a we've done a number of them, and they're very impressive. Um, okay, I agree with you on the impressive part. Right. But it matters who put it on, how does it drive, how does it start, how does it look, all that stuff. If you take a '57 Chevy that's all stock, it's worth a lot of money. Yeah. So you you can leave that alone. But if you buy find somebody who's got um, R134 air conditioning system on it, somebody who's got a fan shroud that they may or not have put on it, somebody who has the updated stereo system and has fuel injection on it and uh, has taken the vacuum wipers off of it and put electric motor on it and maybe even put electric windows in it, and as long as it looks nice and passes the used car checkover that you're going to have your repair shop do, then I say buy the modern one or buy the uh, OEM, but there's no middle ground here. Okay, you don't want to buy something that somebody's just done one thing and it's hard to start and doesn't run very good and it smells like fuel. That's not what okay. you want. So you either get the one that's that's uh, this is the car that my mother always wanted, down to what color it is and all that other kind of stuff, or this is a '57 Chevy that's been brought up to the 20th century and it's a little bit of a hot rod and it has all the amenities with suspension and fuel injection and transmission modifications and exhaust. And I don't have a catalytic converter on it. So those are the kind of options you have. But I'm with Mike. Now, there's two kinds of, of fuel injection. Throttle body, which is right. a carburetor with two injectors, right. or port fuel. Right. He can do either one. Right. And you can do either one, and the distributor's going to kind of drive that. So okay. that's what you got, okay? Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, do we have anybody else, Gil? 
All right, lines are wide open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. When we come back on the other side of the hour, which is going to be in about eight minutes, I have a story to tell you, okay. and I'm going to tell you right now, it's about Fords, All right. okay? And, and it's it's their true stories. Okay. I'm going to swear. All right. All right. I'm, and go ahead and pull your phone up and have the front of the Bible. And I'm going to put my hand on your phone, and I'm going to tell you truthfully um, about these 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 forts. Now, here's here, I'll set the ground rules or not ground rules, but I'll set, I'll give you the backup. Very few people have my cell phone. It's it's my most private possession. Otherwise, I could answer car questions 24 hours a day, right. uh, you know, 60 times a, a, an hour. So, but there are a few guys that do have my cell phone, and so as you can well imagine, like you. They'll call you. Now, right. just before I got on the air, a friend of mine called me from California, and uh, he has a 32 hot rod that he just bought for a whole lot of money, and it has an all-aluminum 454. Oh, my. And uh, he wants to know what to set the timing at. And I told him, just advance the distributor till she rattles and back off. That's, it. That's the way <laughs> I my dad showed me. I exp- <laughs> I, now, he also says that he has a backfire, and he thinks it's the, it's the uh, head gasket. And I said, is it just a boom, boom, boom at idle? He goes, yeah. And I said, well, I don't think it's a head gasket. I think you got a rocker problem or a valve problem. But he's pretty astute. So I, I said to him, and this is a General Motors product anyway. I said to him, pull the valve cover off. He goes, I already have. I said, put that cylinder on top dead center. It's number six he's concerned with. He does. I says, are the valves, are the rockers, and it's got roller rockers too. Are the rockers tight on the valve head on the stem or are they loose? No, they're really tight. Okay, well, let's give each one of them half a turn right. out and start it up and see if we've got right. the backfire. Yeah, yeah. So I teach him how to, and he, now what's the spec? And I said, well, go to two of the other cylinders, put them on top see dead center, at. and see where they're at. And and that's the easy part mm-hmm. about it. So anyway, these these guys call me, and uh, and they have problems. And I'm trying to work off of their eyes. Right. And, and and they know better than to say to me, well, I checked with YouTube <laughs> because YouTube drives me crazy. Oh, yeah. And, and so it's one of those, I need the give and take. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to know this. What's your answer to this? When your air conditioning doesn't work, does it ever work? Yes, when I first started mm-hmm. up. When does it go away after I start moving? What happens when you come to a light? It gets cold again. Oh, we're looking at a blend door or something mm-hmm. like that. So I can help. But we have to have the give and take. Yep. We have to have the give and take. Yep. So that's what this is all about. But we got another hour of this. So if you want to dial in, you can. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. And you can be first. We have five lines. Mike from 67th Avenue and Northern from Mike's Auto Tech. He does new cars and he does old cars. So if you go by his shop, you'll find 57 Chevys in there. You'll find 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. I don't think there's too many 80s cars that anybody wants to restore. <laughs> Not so much. No. <laughs> I don't think that those, well, that's where we went from points and condensers. Well, actually, in 70s, right. we went from points and condensers to electronic ignition. But the 80s cars were unbelievably bad. Yeah. And so were. nobody really has an 80s car, unless, of course, you know, they met their wife in the back seat or something right. like that. It has to do with some kind of a sentimental thing. So. But the 80s cars are just not anything that we promote that people should uh, fix. So 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Mike Draskovic from Mike's Auto Tech and Mark Salem will be back in about eight minutes.